Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 163 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's topic, uh, we are talking about bewitching the elements in tarot. And my very special guest is none other than Gabriella Herstick. Welcome, Gabriella. Hi, Teresa. Thank you so much for having me. I am very stoked to talk to you today because you have a new book coming out, which we're going to get to in a moment. And I think this book is just such an amazing follow-up to Inner Witch. And it's so thorough and so wonderful. So we'll get about that in a minute. But, you know, the book is all about um, as, as you say in the title here, a guide to empowering yourself through earth, air, fire, water, and spirit. So can you just really briefly explain what the five elements are and what role they play in tarot? Sure. So I'm really, I wrote this book because I think that regardless of how we grew up with religion or what we believe in, that we all have a relationship and connection and understanding of the elements innately. So it's kind of like this universal theme. So for me, earth, which is represented by the pentacles in tarot, is all about grounding and finding security and safety wherever you are in your home. And it's really about protection and finding presence with the physical things you have in life, whether that's your home, your jobs, your relationships, because, you know, people are also physical things and all the things that are keeping you safe and taken care of and nurtured. To me, earth is really like the lowest level of um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's once you have that safety and stability is when you can really thrive and blossom. So that to me is what earth is about. And it's also represented, but to me, it's also representing wealth and abundance. And once we do have those kind of base needs met, then that then we're allowed and we're able to expand into this prosperous state and bloom like all the flowers and beings of the earth. Um, air, which is represented by the swords in tarot, is all about me in a big physical way that we can connect to. It's about breath and presence and finding yourself in the moment and finding the connection between your mind and body. Air is all about the way we think and communicate and it's the way we analyze and it's really the mental processes that happen that are the first thing that help us manifest. So even before we're able to take things into the physical, we think about them and we plan them. And the swords very much represent that kind of piercing ability to analyze and judge and think. Um, But it's kind of a double-edged sword in a way, because if we're too caught up in the, that air energy, then we're not embodied. So in the book, I talk a lot about breath and using breath work as a way to embody the energy of air as a kind of a bridge between the mind and the spirit and the body. Um, Water is represented by the chalices um, or the cups in the tarot. And it's all about our emotional self, our intuition, the subtle body, and very, very much about, to me, the heart and love and connecting to yourself. And I talk a lot about that in the book alongside the fact that to me, the, the, the element of water is also very much the element of shadow work and being able to kind of go into those dark crevices of ourself and really 
honor whatever lies there. And that I think that once we do that work and once we kind of are able to connect to the, to the darkness in a way that we're able to expand our heart and connect to love, which I think is also reflected in the journey of the cups through tarot. And then fire is connected to the wands in tarot. And it's all about expansion and adventure and sexuality and really just like I, I love, I don't have a lot of fire in my chart at all. So I really love and I'm connected to that element. And I think it's a really powerful energy of action of, you know, I think that even before we start manifesting in the mental, we kind of have this fiery spark that sets everything else in motion. So to me, fire is that ability to kind of like go and burn through the things that we no longer need and fortify the things that are working for us. Um, and it's also to me about anger and about using those kind of harsher, more intense burning feelings as a pathway to acceptance. And like I talk about in the, in the book about kind of working with anger constructively because, you know, you can't really, you can't ignore those harder feelings like anger or sadness or whatever the watery or fiery feelings are unless you want to kind of lose connection to the feelings like love and expansion and freedom. Um, and freedom definitely to me is both kind of an air element and a fire element. Um, you try to contain fire or air and you're not, you're not going to succeed. They both want to expand, which I think is really beautiful. Um, and then the last element is spirit, which to me is connected to the major arcana cards versus the court cards that are not the court cards, the, um, the suits that the other elements are connected to. So I kind of just think about it as the top, obviously the top of the pentacle um, where earth, air, fire, water, spirit is the connection and also the circle that creates the pentacle and connects all of the other elements. So it is your personal connection to the divine spirit is the connection of all the other elements. And also to me, how we can kind of start taking earth, air, fire, water, and spirit from these things that we have a intellectual understanding of to actually being connected with them in real life and to embodying the elements and bewitching the elements. And I think spirit is all about our own path and how you know, individually and collectively, we're going through the journey of the fool and the magician and all of the cards and the tarot until we get, you know, to the world. And then we start again. I think spirit is, um, it's like, it's almost hard to describe because it's something that's not human and something so much bigger than us. So I really think it's your own personal relationship to whatever you believe in. And also the, I guess the, um, the modality that the other elements move and, and move and um, dance through. I love that. That is so, I mean, you have such a way with words on this. And I do love the idea of, you know, really including spirit as one of the elements. Because oftentimes in tarot books, uh, we always stop at earth, air, fire, water. So this is something that I'm like, oh my God, she's got the majors as spirit. And that's something I've always seen too. Like it's the missing element we don't talk about. So I love that. Thank you. Now in each one of the sections of the elements in your book, you have a lot of great, great empowering information and rituals and things people can do 
to really live their best life. I mean, that's what I look at your book. I look at it as a manual for magical living. Oh, that is the best compliment. That means so much coming from you. So thank you. It's so good. I've like torn through the book and uh, I just think it is so well done. This is again, the perfect follow-up to Inner Witch. And one of the things that I love is for each element, you pulled a couple different cards. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, now this is different. This is very intriguing. And so I'd love to go, we're going to go through each element. Okay. And so let's just start with pentacles. Beautiful. And you've already given us a brief intro to each Mm -hmm. element. So if you can talk about, you know, how to work with the element of the pentacles and you pick the ace of pentacles, five Mm -hmm. of pentacles and queen of pentacles. Mm -hmm. That really is fascinating to me. Thank you. Speak about that. Sure. So for each of the, each of the, um, each of the elements, I decided to pick the ace because first off the aces represent the very, very beginnings of a journey, right? It's when the seeds are planted and they're tended to, and they're about to sprout. It's almost this energy of anticipation and excitement that something is about to happen, but you don't necessarily know what, like I've actually pulled the ace of pentacles this morning. So it's perfect that we're talking about this. Um, to me, the pentacles are very much our relationship to the physical world. It's our relationship to the body, our relationship to home, our relationship to safety. And I think that it's, again, if we're in a place of simply surviving and we're only focused on the physical and we're only focused on the pentacles, then we're not able to focus on all the other elements because we're simply trying to get by. So the goal is obviously to not just survive, but to thrive. And I think that the, the Ace of Pentacles to me is very much about that. It's about this kind of like, like whenever I see it, I'm like, oh, like something, some kind of abundance is going to come my way. I think that the, you know, like when I think of the Pentacles or the, the, um, the coins, I think often of like a beautiful gold coin. It's just this beautiful little token of abundance and of pleasure and very much like a Taurus energy of like basking in the lavishness and richness of life. And I think at, you know, the queen of pentacles I picked because she really has that kind of Taurus Venus energy where she's surrounded by a lush garden. And there's very much like the sense of luxury and indulgence that you kind of see in the Empress who also has a very earthy pentacle vibe, um, which I really love. And I think that the ace of pentacles is like, just such a beautiful card because it really speaks of the fact that we have done what we need to do to get to this place of abundance. Even if it's, even if we're not quote unquote rich or wealthy, it's this mindset of gratitude, I think is a big part of the pentacles where it's like, once you're grateful for the things that you have and the stability you have and the home that you have and the relationships you have, then you're welcoming in even, even more of that. Um, and the five of pentacles for me is one of the more difficult cards. Cause it feels like almost like you're so close to having what you want, but you're, you're either scared to ask for help or directions and you feel stuck. And it's like, we, it's very easy with these physical things that we feel like we need or these physical things that we do need to survive to feel like victimized when we don't get our needs met. And I think that as we kind of go through, you know, the ace, the 10 of pentacles, we're able to kind of 
have more agency over ourselves and these things that we need to be safe and to be whole. And that just visualizing and meditating and connecting to the energy of abundance and luxury and like wealth that we're all entitled to can remind us that like we're deserving and worthy of it. I think that also is kind of a pentacles energy of like not feeling worthy of our desires, which is like, you know, patriarchal BS that I'm like, we're all intrinsically worthy of whatever we want because we're humans and we're born. So I love that. And the five of pentacles is not my favorite card either. Uh I always look at that. I'm like, Oh my God, I've had times like that, you know? And I think all many of us have had times Mm -hmm. where we didn't have the things that we really needed or wanted Mm -hmm. and then felt awful asking for that help. And so this card is a reminder that sometimes in order to get to that queen of pentacles, Mm -hmm. we do need to ask for that help. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're not, we're not meant to do life alone. You know, we're not islands, whatever that saying is. I think that that's a receiving the help actively receiving help is like one of the best things we can, we can learn to do. Yeah. And I also love what you said about gratitude too. Thank you. Uh, Because when we are, there's a saying I like that says a grateful pocket attracts more riches. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. And I find that when we do make time to really, really give gratitude for the gifts and blessings, even if only the gift of being given life, Mm -hmm. it does tend to help shift our consciousness Mm -hmm. towards welcoming in better things. Absolutely. And we're able to see things, I think, from a different perspective where it's, you know, it's not, even if you just, it's like, having that perspective when somebody looks smiles at you when you're walking or somebody buys your coffee or like you find a dollar on the ground, suddenly these like small moments are big moments of synchronicity that we're able to, to be even more grateful for. And it's just like a domino effect. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So now let's go on to swords. Swords, of course, everybody hates the swords except mm-hmm. me. Uh, and you pick the ace of swords, the eighth of swords or the queen of swords. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very interested in this. Sure. So I'm like you. I know we have actually very, very similar birth charts. We're both Scorpio moons with Libra risings. I'm Aquarius. I know you're a Gemini. So we both got a lot. I have my whole chart is almost all is pretty much all air and all water. So I actually love the swords. I I think that the swords are probably the scariest suit in a lot of ways because they're sharp and they're piercing. But the swords are I think it's like as a writer, I feel very intrinsically connected to the swords because the swords are about how we think and what we create with our mind and what we visualize and the things that, you know, it's, to me, like this, even though poetry is probably a more watery pursuit, like I'm so inspired by language and by writing that I love the swords. So the aces, the swords are. It's like, it's tricky because they are very scary. It is like they are sharp and they can pierce you and they do reveal something that you might not want to see and you might not expect. I feel like there's, you know, this concept of even glamour of um, having this kind of veil that hides what lies beneath it is very swords because the swords expose the truth and they expose they give us clarity even if it's not something that we want to see so the ace of swords to me are is all about like when i pull that card i'm like oh like i'm gonna have a really beautiful idea or a creative project is gonna be born or somebody's gonna say something that really resonates with me it's like the swords are kind of that like 
energy, the ace of swords specifically is to me like the energy of having like a download or an idea that is just like so expansive that you you have to follow it. Um, I, I really love the element of air because it's all around us, even when we don't see it. And I think that air is very much expansive and freedom oriented. And I think that's also the energy of swords. Like you have to be conscious of how you're grabbing a sword or you're going to slice off your hand and you can't, you know, you can't just like you, you have to, it's a very intentional energy, which I think is really is really powerful. You can't be willy nilly with that energy unless you want to get, unless you're going to get hurt. You know, it's kind of has that same complementary energy of fire, which, you know, fire and air are both um, the masculine elements that are complementary. And it's like both of them call for a lot of presence and intention. And I think with the Ace of Swords too, it's like you have to be present and embodied to be able to receive that energy. Um, our, our breath, you know, like we're very, we're always breathing, even if we don't realize it. And a lot of us don't take the time to consciously connect to our breath. You know, like I, a couple of years ago when I was writing Inner Witch, I had my therapist, my mom, and this dude I was seeing all within a week taught, like mentioned that I didn't take time to breathe. And I realized they were right. And I put like five alarms on my phone for literally three months and like at different times, like 111, 222, 444, 555. And it was just, I had an alarm just to breathe. And now I am so embodied with my breath that I don't even have to think about it. But so many of us aren't taught that breathing is like something that we're allowed to do because it's like almost taboo to take up space in that way. Um, like you'll be on an elevator and you take a deep breath and somebody's like, Oh, what's wrong? Like they they get scared. And I think for me, that kind of like commanding expansive present energy is so felt in the suit of swords, but it can be really scary if you're not used to it. And if you don't know how to consciously work with it. Um, so the Ace of Swords to me is like a reminder of being present in my body and being connected with my breath. And when that happens, then I'll be able to receive the ideas and the downloads and the gifts that that Ace is giving me. And it's very much about choosing to work with, choosing to work with your mind and not against it, right? Like being conscious of how we think about ourselves and how we perceive the world and very much about these patterns that we have about our, our, about ourselves and about our life and ideas. And I think that for me, the reason I picked the eight of swords is because it's a very much a, a card of like victimhood and victimization and getting yourself into a situation that feels really scary and really sharp, but it's not actually any of those things. It's just that you're mentally, you know, future tripping. And I think that, you know, thinking about all the things that could be bad in a situation and giving yourself the anxiety before it even happens. And then feeling like you're no, you know, like kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy of living out this spiky and horrible and scary situation when in reality you're safe. And if you got yourself in that mess mentally, then you can get yourself out of it. And, um, I think that's a big thing with swords too, is that like they are very scary and they are very intense, but they don't, it's not like, you know, the, the things that happen in the physical, the way that the, the pentacles are, it's very much like, how are you framing the situation and can you be more compassionate to yourself and can you create new neural pathways that remind you that you're not 
living in this state of anxiety you just think you are. So, you know, like we don't necessarily have all of the tools to do those things ourselves. So I think that, you know, I'm a huge proponent of, um, or I'm a huge supporter of therapy. And I think that if you have the privilege of going to therapy, you should absolutely go to therapy because you got to retrain your brain and you got to talk to somebody and you got to figure things out in a verbal way, which is just such a sword energy. So even though these, it's such a scary suit, it's like, often it's our own judgment that are making the sword scary. And if we're really wielding the blade with intention, then it's like not, not as scary as we think it is. One of the things I say about the swords is it's an inside job. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's a reminder of that. And the interesting thing, when I look at the eight of swords, I always think of an initiation and initiation rights will have you bound wearing a blindfold and then they free you and you're in your new Mm -hmm. life. So that card really has that feeling of being in the cocoon before you can spread those wings. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, it's like the, I, I always, you know, think of the ACE to the 10 as like a journey through the, through the, the suit. And it's, that's so, it's so true. The eight of swords, it's like, we're really scared. And often we get, that kind of huge feeling of fear before a big moment of expansion, because it's almost easier to stay safe and uncomfortable than it is to start something new and shift and change. And, you know, like the, I always think of butterflies, like the caterpillars in the cocoon literally melt into goo and then form and then are born butterflies. And it's like, I'm sure they're terrified just like a snake is terrified as before it sheds its skin. It's probably very uncomfortable, but nothing, you know, nothing worthwhile happens safely in a comfort zone. So I love that idea of initiation. Yeah. And, and I love the idea of goo (laughs) before you become a butterfly. (laughs) So let's move on to fire, you know, fire. I don't have any fire in my chart either, save for my mid heaven. Um, Otherwise I have no fire. So like you, I'm very fire deficient, but most people don't. Uh, expect that because I'm a very fiery person. Uh, Yeah, you are totally like super, super fiery. Um, So, you know, for fire, you have the ace and the four and the queen of wands. And so, you know, I would love to know, you know, your advice on working with this element in these cards. Yeah, I love fire. I feel like if I was, I tweeted about this the other day, but I like if I had to like only date or talk to or collaborate with one element or one, one sign it'd be fire signs. I just like, I love the energy so much. And yeah, I don't, I think the only fire placement I have is like not even a real planet. It's Lilith. I have Lilith and Aries. So it's like, I really, I wear a lot of red and smoke a lot of weed because I don't have a lot of fire or earth in my chart. Um, but to me, fire is, I love it because it's not an element that you can really fuck with in a lot of ways. Like you, if you're working with fire, if you're around fire, like you have to be prepared, you have to be conscious and you have to be willing to potentially get burned. You can't, you know, touch it the same way that you can touch water. You can't ground in it the same way you can ground in earth and you can't feel it or immerse yourself in in it the same way that you can with air or wind. Um, But you feel it, you know, like I think of the sun very often as this like massive fireball in our sky that is 
nurturing us and allowing us to bloom and grow. And um, to me, fire is the first step in, in manifesting because it is the divine spark. It's inspiration. It's this this passion we have burning in our bellies that are, are telling us to expand and explore. Um, and it can often be very destructive. Like I think that in a lot of ways, fire is almost scarier than, than the swords. The wands are not so much the wands, but the element of fire is scarier than the other elements because it, it requires distance and requires conscious connection. And in the tarot, I really love the wands because they speak to me of like, of inspiration and sexuality and passion and really to me like if I don't have that fire in my life then there's an element of like fun and expansion and vibrancy that's missing it's like you have all the other things but you don't have anything that you're like looking forward to or excited about and I love the ace of ace of wands because it's like it's almost like foreplay I guess where it's like you don't know what's going to happen or maybe you have an idea of what's going to happen but like the the energy before the anticipation and the excitement is just so present and so powerful that like doesn't it doesn't even matter what you get just being excited about it feels so good and like it's like being it's as much as like the element of air to me is the energy of having like a download the energy of the ace of wands is like feeling it in your body or feeling this like really raw inspired primal energy that like you know that something is going to shift and you know it's going to be even better than you thought but you don't necessarily know what it is but you can like ride that wave of like beautiful golden warmth and excitement like through whatever you create um and I love, I feel like the, when I think of the four of wands, I think of in Judaism, when you get married, you get married under a, a chuppah. And like, it's this kind of like connection and the fact that you're like safe and that you're taken care of. And like, there's very much this element to me with that card of inspiration and of celebration and of joy. Like the five, like the wands to me are like the energy of like a party where you, yeah. have, you know, you have, you, are probably not going to be able to, oh, no, I think that you, you know, again, it kind of like this idea with the earth of survival and like versus thriving, like, even if you're in survival mode, you can still celebrate and appreciate the, the generosity and the growth and like the fun and the play. And that's to me, like very much fire energy. It's this element of like expression and creativity and joy and like really like wonder and awe which i i believe having that kind of curiosity and wonder are what keep us young and will keep us excited and what keep us in our magic and um the ace of wands for me is just very much that energy of like being excited and being in awe and of like almost kind of like a fool energy i feel like the aces obviously the aces have where it's like you don't know what's coming but you know it's going to be good and um you know, like, I also think of fire as this really beautiful, destructive force that can clear away what we're, no, what we're no longer aligned with and what we no longer need. And it fortifies those things and really imbues the things that are serving us, the structures that are taking care of us, the parts of ourselves that are helping us expand. Um, 
and it's, it fortifies them with this like resilience and strength and power. So it's like, yeah, you know, it can be really hard to let go of the things you don't need, but then it also so much reminds you of the incredible things that you do have. And, um, I think it's kind of a cool compliment to earth in that way where it's gratitude again, but it's like, you know, sometimes you have to like, you don't know what you have till it's gone. So, um, I think that fire reminds us of having a sense of joy with whatever we're going through and reminding us of our like own inner, inner divine strength and spark. And I very much think of um, the solar plexus chakra as being kind of like our own personal sun in our body that like expands and warms. And I definitely feel like that's very connected to the element of fire. I love that. And, you know, when I look at the uh, four wands, it always makes me think of a touchdown. Ooh, that's so, that is perfect. I don't even like football. I'm like, that's awesome. Oh my God, I hate football, but I always think of like a touchdown and people doing that little victory dance at the bottom. That's always what I think of. That's perfect. I love that. That's about all I know about football, by the way. (laughs) And so water, you know, briefly, Let's talk about the water element and really working with it. And you have the ace and ace of cups and yes. water is the cups element. Like you explained, yeah. we have the ace of cups, the five of cups, and we have the queen of cups. Yes. So in a nutshell, how do we work with that? Ooh, I love, I love the cups. I have my Mercury and Pisces and my moon and Scorpio. So I feel very connected to this element. To me, the cups are the heart and the womb. And when I say womb, like obviously for those of us who have wombs, it's a physical thing. But I think regardless of gender expression, um, we all have this energetic space at our sacral chakra that allows us to be in touch with not only this kind of divine receiving energy, but this energy of creative expansion that we can give birth to. Um, I think that the cups are the, to me, the suit of the heart of you know, creativity coming from a place of like deep, deep compassion and empathy and love. And it's very much a suit of sensitivity. And I think of, you know, the moon and how she rules over the ocean and how she controls the tides and how, you know, you can, it's, it's almost very scary to be in a dark place where there's only moonlight or maybe the moon is dark and there's no moonlight and you don't really know what is what. And I think that when you kind of get a little bit too deep in that watery realm, it can be hard to tell fantasy from fiction or fantasy from reality. And, um, which is, you know, not always the best place to be, but if you have a little earth in there or if you just, you know, wait until the sun comes back out, then you can kind of see where you are. And I love, I love the elements of cups because they really do to me speak of both the heart and the womb of being able to create from a heart centered place of being connected to the energy of love and to being able to embody the energy of love. And I think that, you know, like the ace of cups specifically, it's like when that card comes, there is going to be some kind of, love or connection. I don't necessarily think it's romantic. I don't necessarily think it's, you know, going to be finding the love of your life, but I think it is a reminder to keep your eyes open and your heart open because love, whether it's platonic or familial or collective love is going to flow to you. Um, I am definitely 
I say I'm a romantic because I'm definitely a romantic, but with my like Aquarius, Venus and sun, like I just don't think I'm a conventional one. So for me, when I think of romance, like I'm romanced by the world and by the earth and by the sun and by the flowers. And I think that when we're kind of in that Shalasi cups energy, it's that we're able to turn and live from this, this place of divine love and embodied love. Um, and you know, just like every element kind of has its, its higher vibration and lower vibration. I think that it can be difficult for those of us who are very intuitive or empathic or very much have this kind of watery energy where, you know, like you can drown when you're in water, you can get too sucked down into the dark depths and you don't necessarily know where the light is. So you know, that's to me the the five of cups where you're so much, again, kind of in this energy of like victimhood and so much in this energy of darkness and depth that you might, you know, lose, get disoriented and you don't really know where to go. And it can be, it can be scary. So I think that, you know, it kind of goes back to like asking for help or talking to somebody or recognizing that you don't have the, the, grounding that you need and maybe you have to like to swim a little bit of ways before you feel better but that no matter what like you will come out like the queen of cups and heart centered and very much if you if you give yourself permission and you do what you need to do to take care of yourself that you will start seeing that sensitivity and that connection and that empathy as a gift and you know it can be really hard especially right now with what's going on politically and um, just with the world, it can be really difficult to, to remain connected and to remain heart open when it feels like there's so much, so much pain. But I would argue that, you know, like right now more than ever, we need that empathy and we need that connection. And, you know, we're all swimming in that, in the vast ocean of the cups, no matter what. And, um, remembering that we're not alone and that we're all kind of connected in this spiritual sea of, of love and pain um, can help us move through it. Because I think that, you know, for me, like magic is love and love is magic. And like having that connection and honoring that connection and doing what you need to do to, to remain open without hardening yourself, without shutting down, without disconnecting from love is like the most important thing you can do. Absolutely. That's so well said. And you know, the five of cups is all often considered the, the card of grief. Yeah. And the one thing I like to say with that about that is the other side of grief is love. Mm, we grieve because yeah. we love. Yeah. And so, you know, grief is also a very natural thing. It is a way that we are connecting to that love element. So, which is, you know, very much the water mm. element. So, you know, the last element we'll talk about is spirit. I only want to talk about one of the cards because you've got a card for each one of the elements within spirit mm -hmm. in the majors. But I want to talk about one. You say that at our most aligned and connected, it is with spirit. It's the magician. Mm -hmm. Just talk about that for a moment. I love the magician. I love this card in the classic um, Rider Waite Smith Coleman deck. I just butchered that name, but uh, Pamela Coleman Smith <laughs> her deck. Um, 
you see that the magician has all of in front of him. He has the pentacle, he has the sword, he has the cup, he has the wand. And I think that, you know, the magician himself is spirit. It's this thread that is connecting all of these other elements. And it's this innate capability that we have that allows us to manifest and to grow and to connect and to love. Like, you know, like I, one of the reasons I I wrote this book is because, you know, I do obviously talk about tarot and I talk about crystals, but like, you don't need to buy anything. You don't really need any tools to be able to connect to the elements, right? Like they're all present in nature. We all have a relationship with them, whether we're washing our hands, we're spending time under the sun or walking and feeling the winds on our, wind on our cheek or, you know, like feeling impassioned or inspired or turned on by something. We all are living with the elements. And I feel like the magician kind of exemplifies that. He's able to show us that like the things that we have to create what we want or whatever are, you know, like whatever your question is when you're working with tarot, like you have the tools at your disposal. Um, I think of often like how, you know, I was like, I, I think I waited until the spirit chapter to talk about the fact that like a flower blooming while is very, that's very much that element of earth. It's actually all of the elements together to create this growth, right? You have the, the earth, you have the water that's water that's taking care of the plants. You have the oxygen and the carbon dioxide that is allowing them to grow. And then you also have the sun that is shining. All of these elements have to be present for something to bloom and grow. And I think to me, that's what the magician is saying. It's like you have all of the different pieces that allow whatever you want to manifest, to change, like every part of your will, all of the things that you believe in are, are present to create this new opportunity for yourself. And I just think that, especially for those of us who are witches, who are magicians, like it's just such a powerful card to remind us of our own power and to remind us that like being empowered doesn't mean, you know, like spending thousands of dollars on ritual supplies and like try, like going outside of yourself for the answers that it's very much like your own connection and your own beliefs and your own relationship to all of these different parts of yourself that allow you to do the magic. It's like, you know, like the tools we have, are wonderful and they're helpful but it's like being a painter like just because you have a million tubes of paint doesn't mean that you're a painter like it's until you actually take those and create with them that you know like you are the one that's that's drawing and that's putting that magic on the canvas and I think the magician is just such an inspiring card for us for those of us who are are trying to use all the tools that we have energetic and physical to create a change, even if that change is simply within ourselves. I love that. And, you know, that really segues into, as we're nearing completion here of our talk, um, you know, your book, like I said, it's like a manual for magical living. Mm -hmm. And for people who want to become the magician, I think Bewitching the Elements is a book that they're definitely going to want on their shelf. So I would love it if you could tell me where people are going to be able to find this book, where they can find you. Um, Yeah. Tell me about it. 
Cool. So um, my book, Bewitching the Elements, a guide to empowering yourself through earth, air, fire, water, and spirit comes out on April 14th. Um, so you can find it wherever books are sold. Um, check out your local indie bookshop, ask them to order it. It'll be, um, it's published by Penguin Random House. So it'll be up on their site, you know, like Amazon, all the normal places. Um, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Gabby Herstick, G-A-B-Y. H-E-R-S-T-I-K. And then my website is GabriellaHerstick.com. G-A-B-R-I-E-L-A-H-E-R-S-T-I-K.com. Um, and yeah, I'm mostly like on Instagram and Twitter and, and you know, popping around through the internet. So um, yeah, come say hi. Absolutely, people, you should. And you're going to want this book. Um, Gabby, thank you so much for writing it. It really is like I said, it is a manual for magical living. And I think there's going to be so many people who get benefited by reading this book and all, all the little tarot touches in there. Just, you know, as a tarot reader, I was absolutely in love with those sections. So I cannot wait for more people to get the book and to learn from your amazing teaching. So thank you so much for writing the book. Thank you for having me. It was so fun talking to you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. Absolutely. Well, I love sharing good things. So thank you so, so much. Thank you, Teresa. All right, people, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. Make sure you get Bewitching the Elements. It belongs on your shelf. And by the way, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got lots of stuff for you, including the tarot coloring book, astrology for real life, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and so many other good things for you to scope out. It is a mouthful. Enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a wonderful, beautiful, magical day. And by the way, if you are enjoying Tarot Bites, do me a favor, get over to iTunes and leave a kind review because... That helps more tarot-curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.